King. Please help me introduce uh, Ross. Hi, my name is Ross. I'm really grateful of sitting compulsive over here. And thank you, Roy, for the honor of me being here tonight. Um, to the newcomer, you've just walked into a life that is beyond your wildest dreams. I really mean it. It doesn't mean that you're going to have this big house on the hill looking over the ocean and all the money in the bank and everything. It means you'll be able to live life on life's term to cope with it without going to the food. I'm going to go back. I've been in this program since May 26, 1987. I've given away 200 pounds. And it talks in the AA 12 and 12 and in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous about the person who was dead when they walked in, and I was. I literally had about six months to live, the doctors had told me. I knew that because I had gotten so ill that I couldn't even keep food down because the fat surrounded my liver. I had a heart attack 10 years before at 40 and kept eating. I had angina, couldn't walk without a pill. I've never been able to get up those stairs over here. Forget it. Um, I had um, high blood pressure. I had all these neurological disorders because of my eating, and I couldn't stop eating. There was no way I could stop eating. I tried everything. I had no willpower, everybody told me. What was wrong with me? I was, I had, I went for that pregnant urine thing. I went every single day, five days a week for a shot in the Hawthorne Boulevard at seven o'clock in the morning and waited till they opened at eight. At eight o'clock, I saw the doctor, got my shot and left and the weight came right up. I lost, um, 130 pounds in six months that time. And that, that way I was able to show up at my, um, cousin's wedding. On the pictures around, you're going to see pictures of me, the dates are before I came in here, when I lost weight before, and you're going to see pictures of me at anorexia, because that's where I got into this program. You know what? It was fun while it lasted, but it wasn't really fun. It was really sick. I got really sick. But, um, so I did that little diet thing, and I couldn't understand what happened, because one day, I was baking cookies with my little girl, and I went back to the diet doctor, and he, somehow he didn't help me anymore because I was off on a tangent, and that's what I always did. I lose weight for a while. I go to Weight Watchers. I go to Tops where they call you a pig, and they put you in a little pig pen. And it was just, I was a mess. And I couldn't stop eating, and I thought something was so wrong with me. I dyed my hair red when I, when I walked out that way. What's wrong with me? I have red hair now. Right, brand new clothes my dad bought me. And I couldn't do it. I was so ashamed of myself. I thought I was stupid, dumb, and a piece of shit. And I didn't think I was worth anything. And um, I was told that for all my life. So by the time I got to Overeaters Enough, I actually had that tape in my head, and I really believed it. And my mother used to say, wait till everybody gets to know you, who you really are, and then you're not going to have any friends, which I never had any friends. Um, but I did that eating all my life. I hid behind buildings when I was a little girl, took food from people's houses, stole money from my parents. You know, I had a charge account, the helmsman. You have to be old enough like me to remember the helmsman. He, he used to come 
like a little baking place. He used to come over to our house once or twice a week, pull out his little drawers, and I charged everything to my mother. And in 30 days, oh, man, was I in trouble. Was I hit? Was I beat up? Was I really in bad trouble? But it didn't matter to me because I had a habit. You know how old I was then? Nine years old. Nine years old. And she took me to diet doctor to get pills. And then it began. I couldn't keep the weight off after that. My mother kept me really controlled really controlled and when I got to be uh, 17 I got married I got pregnant and then got married and then I was really ashamed of the whole family because you don't have a baby you don't get pregnant in 1953 before you're married you're supposed to keep your legs crossed my mother told me and um, that's what she said never knowing that I'm an incest survivor that my uncle raped me for over three years I found that out in these rooms and I'm here to tell you I could get through anything any of you can I am a miracle that I got through all of this stuff and I didn't have to die overweight and I have to die from this disease because I was so dead spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And I didn't want to live and I took an overdose two times. I was a pill addict. And um, to just show you how the food was and this is moving forward, I, my uncle died on, on um, the night before Thanksgiving the night before Thanksgiving one year, we, it was at the cemetery. It was raining, and my little sister got caught in the traffic. And she, <laughs> she was in the catering business, and she came up with blueberries all over her. There was, the whole truck was filled with blueberry cheesecakes. I hate blueberries, okay? We got into that place, and we sat in the car, the three, sisters, my three, but the three of us, my husband and my brother-in-law, and pushed it in with our hands out of the boxes to push the feelings down of losing my uncle and seeing everybody cry. This is at the cemetery at Hillside. The little Jewish family eating cheesecake at the cemetery. And, um, boy, you know, and that's how the food was. Anytime I could grab any food and it had to be sugar most of the time, I just stuffed it down. But I thought, I never, ever thought I could stop eating. I never did. I was a loser. I was I was supposed to never be born. They should never have had me. My mother used to... Oh, my God. She sits down on the phone and goes, Hello, is this a reform school? Could you please come and pick up my daughter? And um, I lived in a lot of terror. My grandfather said I shouldn't have been born. And the whole thing, I never was liked by my family. And um, But you know what? Now that I think about it, I think I never liked myself. I never, I hated myself. So I just went along with the whole thing. I hated my sister, Gail, because she was this perfect child. And she got all the love, I thought. I thought... And she was perfect, and I was so imperfect. And uh, so there's a lot of reasons I ate. You know what? I love my parents. I wish they were here. I, I totally had to go all the way back. For me, I had to go back. The day I got into program, my son said, you better get a good therapist. I had to go to outside help because there was too much in me of what had happened that I didn't know about. And I went four or five times a week, and she was 12 steps. She was in this program in Al-Anon. And she taught me that I was worthwhile, and the people in this program loved me, but mostly it was, it was all an intensity. In 15 months, I lost 220 pounds. I didn't know who I was. It was like, oh, no program, no spirituality, no steps. I would not recommend this to anyone. It was like somebody took me, stripped all my armor off, and threw me on the desert to take care of myself. It was like Rip Van Winkle, like I was Rip Van Winkle. I woke up one day, and I was thin, and I didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't, I didn't even talk. 
I didn't even know how, I didn't know anything. And one day, I was wearing two wrong, two, the same color boots, but two wrong ones. I thought something was wrong with my foot. I was going to go to the doctor. One was high and one was low. And I knew I was losing my mind. <laughs> and my therapist said, I want to put you, I want to put you in the hospital so you'd be able to work through these feelings in a safe place. I said, no, I don't need a hospital. So the next day, I was listening to Neil Diamond driving on Westwood and Pico at 8.30 in the morning and ran my car into someone else's car this way across uh, Westwood and Pico and ran into Norton's window. I smashed my whole car up and I was okay. And I remember saying, if I'm going to die, at least I fit into Norseman's clothes. That, that's how much recovery I had. There was none except for the physical. And I was on a high because I already was so anorexic by that time. And I had this abstinence where if I ate one bite of popcorn, that was my dinner. And I never was hungry. I never was hungry. This is, I think it was just that liver thing. And I also have to say, it was really fun wearing those short little size five skirts. The leather out, there's a picture of me going around in my leather outfit. I was, I was able to be the child I never got to be. I think that's where I was, and I loved it. But I got very, very sick. My lips were blue, my hands were blue, and my body temperature went down, and in that hospital, and it was the psych unit. And I, and I, and I still wouldn't eat. They had to make me everything sugar-free, sugar-free jello, and, um, it was very, very, it was absolutely terrifying, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Because in that place, I found out what happened to me about my past. And I was able to be in a safe place with safe people and find out so I wouldn't have to, so I could be alive, so I could be okay. And I worked really hard in there. When I went to get out, I didn't even want to get out. It was just a safe environment. And there was, I was the only one with the eating disease. There were alcoholics, addicts people that were very abused, and I was able to stay in that room and be honest. And that's where I think my, pro- my program really started. And when I got out of there, I, my sponsor and I started working, I started working the steps. I knew that if I didn't work those steps, I'd be out of this program. There was no way. And the first year I didn't read the big book, I, I lost that. Cause it was the big book and the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous of AA have kept me alive today. You know, um, my son that brought me into this program, who had lost 130 pounds, he'd been in 15 months, he's speaking all over, he looked fabulous, and we even spoke together, he's out of here, and he's like 150 pounds overweight, and he's into his disease. And my husband's into this disease, he almost has died several times last year from it, and there's nothing I can do, I'm powerless. This disease is, to me, the worst. It's demoralizing, and it's a killer, and it's a slow, painful death. I didn't go out of my house. I was ashamed of myself. I missed many weddings. I'd call up at the last minute and say, oh, I have a migraine headache, or oh, I have this. I just, I couldn't be in, I couldn't be at my kids' PTA meetings because I felt so ashamed of myself. I broke chairs. I wasn't allowed to sit in chairs at my mother's house, my aunt's houses, because I break them, they said. I broke toilet seats, and anyone that's a 100-pounder knows what I'm talking about. That feeling, it's, wor- it's bad enough not feeling a part of life, but not being able to fit into the theater where they had to come at the end of the theater, downtown L.A., and, and have the man take me out of the chair because they had to take the arms off because my dress got caught in the seat. Or in San Francisco when I got caught at, in that revolving door. 
you know, until I lost the weight and worked on my steps, I didn't know how bad it was. And then I started to be, oh, I couldn't believe that, that I had, I had, I thought I did it. That it was my fault because I couldn't stop eating. I thought that it was my fault that I got off the freeway ten times to get food to get back on the freeway to get to Torrance to my sisters. I just couldn't stop. And in here I learned I could live without the binging and without compulsively eating. And my program is far from perfect, my food. Believe me, it's far from perfect. There are days that the food is hard. That, I'm not, I don't have those cravings at all anymore, like it says in the big book. But some days my food's a little bit sloppy. And you know what? I just let it be because I was so hard on myself for the first five years. And what I want to talk is about the miracles today, about the miracles that's happened to me in, in my life. I can't, when I, when my mom died when I was 18 months in program, I moved into her house and it was owned by my sisters and me and we had money. And I spent it. I was lovely. I was a positive spender. And I, cause I finally got to get clothes that fit and all this stuff and I made a lot of mistakes. And, um, and then about seven years ago, we lost everything. And, and my sister bought a condo in um, Orange County so I could live there. My, my husband and I could live there. But we were, I mean, there was just no money, nothing. And I've been able, and I never got trained in anything. And I, oh, today I know I'm smart. That is a major thing for me. I know I'm lovable, huggable, and I love myself. Not an ego love, but I like what God has given me. You know, I like who I am today. And so I came out to Orange County, and there was no meetings, and I quickly started to eat. And one, in a few months, I put on 37 pounds, which is gone now. But it was my sponsor, Natalie, that got me to lay on that floor and cry because she said, this disease has got you back again. If you're telling me you're gaining weight and you're not eating like you did before, it doesn't matter. You're still eating more food. And for a 100-pounder, I could gain 20 pounds on a weekend from a bunch of peaches if I wanted to. And um, so I started a meeting because I didn't like the meeting. There was no meetings out there. But that has saved my life, doing service. I've done service since the time I got into this program. It has kept me here. Because when you do service, you show up, you suit up, and you do your commitment. And when you sponsor, you, you help another person by God giving me what he's given me. I'm able to carry the message. And so I started these meetings, and the most incredible people there. I, I just... I started this 7,900 pounding meeting, and not one person has refused to come out there. People come from Santa Barbara. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. And what's happened to me is I started babysitting. I started working whatever I can to make money because we don't have any money. It was very hard for me. There was times I had to eat at Costco for dinner on a hot dog, which is in my absence, okay? So don't tell me I shouldn't eat a hot dog. And, um... <laughs> and, um and I grew, and it was, I learned what humility meant. Humility to be teachable, it was meant for me, I allowed people to help me. Where I was the one that gave everything. I just, you want my dress here? Do you like my watch? I have done that. I've given away watches to people that say I like your watch in this program. I did it all. I, I have. I, learned, I thought that that was loving them, but it wasn't. It was people pleasing. Today I know the difference between people pleasing and being generous and kind in another way and helping another person. Um, three years ago, my tooth fell out right here in the front. Now, even in the early times of the program, I wouldn't have shown up at a meeting with my tooth missing. I wouldn't have because it would be how I looked 
without a tooth, okay? But I did. And it was the night of my my uh, belly button birthday, and the basket went around, and it was filled with cards. Filled with cards from people saying, for, and nobody put their name on it. This is a, this is for your uh, t- from your tooth fairy. Thank you for helping me. This is from your tooth fairy in the mail. People sent me over six hundred and fifty dollars to get my tooth done. You tell me, not my family, not my my daughter did help me, but nobody else, not my family, not anybody, but the people of Overeaters Anonymous that loved me enough to do that for me. What? Tell me any words we could go to do that. Any words that that that. I was only living there a couple of years, and that's what happened. And I keep asking people, did you do this? Did you? They go, none of your business. You know, none of your business. I tried to figure it out with the handwriting and stuff, but I couldn't. And I thought, and I, I know, and I finally just started sharing at every meeting about how grateful I was. And that's the way it's been. My husband gets got sick. I've got my wonderful friend that picks me up and takes me in a wonderful friend too that are there for me I never have to be alone again oh my god what a concept me who was alone all my life who never thought that I was worth anything who thought I had no self-esteem no self-worth no anything but the minute I put down the fork all of a sudden self-esteem came back I started to believe in myself. It took me a long time in this program to believe in myself because I was at the lowest part of feeling like a piece of shit. I did. I never felt that I was good enough. I never thought I was enough. I thought I was just, yes, yes. So, um, and then, so I have these meetings. I have the people. I have, Every time I'm broke, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, God sends a little job in my life. God does this. God does that. He just does for me these miracles. And when I'm when I'm crying, I have a friend to help me. When I'm when I'm lonely, I've got God, and God fills me up. And my prayers in His program. And yesterday, see, three nights ago, I fell down in my kitchen, and I really hurt myself. I, I injured my nerve, my sciatica nerve, and um, God, I, I was really in a lot of pain. I went to my meeting anyways on Thursday night. And I talked about it, and this wonderful guy there said, "I want to take you to my chiropractor." Which I've already I've heard these bad things, you know. I don't, but I was at such a point of pain, the incredible pain that I trusted him. He took me yesterday. He paid for the doctor. He sat there and he soothed me while I was praying because I, I heard these bones cracking, but you know, and he helped me. This guy, 36 years old, that younger than my son, that that was there for me. My God, you know, and and um, and the doctor said, "Can I have a hug?" Because you are really brave. Because <laughs> it just and he put me back in alignment, whatever that is, and um, and I still got some problems, but I know now that because he took the stress off that nerve, that I could heal with God's power, and that's what's happened. Four years ago, when I moved out there, I burnt my, I filled a pot of, a pot of boiling water on my left foot, you know, and all the nerve endings were were torn out. And no, I went to the burn center every day and had my debris. I never took a pain pill because it didn't help. And I did this healing that I learned, this self healing that I learned. It's not self. It's talking to God and to the angels in my life. I would not be here today if it wasn't for all of you in this program and for my God. There's no way I could have stood not having money for lipstick, not being able to buy a pair of shoes, 
and the best gift I've ever got is the blessing of my three granddaughters. I've been able to be at my son's graduation, my daughter's wedding, my daughter's graduation, and the birth of all three of these girls. They're seven and a half, four and a half, and two. And I get to be on the floor and play with them. I get to go to the carnival and ride with them on a scary ride that I always used to be afraid of because they're not scared. I get to be in the, in the water with them the other day and swim with them and have them jump to me and go, Oh, I love you, Grandma. You're my best friend. If I tell you that's not worth it and I wouldn't have had it if it wasn't for Overeaters Anonymous, there's no way I would have been dead. And I was unable to crawl on the floor with these little girls. And when I fell the other night, they heard me and they came out from the bedroom. They were over and like, Grandma, are you okay? Can I help you up? And I like, I have this thing when I fall. I don't want anyone to help me. It comes from the old days when I fell when I was fat. I would break my bones and stuff. And you know what? It's a miracle I didn't break my hip, the doctor says. But the biggest miracle is I, that I, I made a pitch. And this wonderful man said, I'm going to take you to my chiropractor and you have to say yes. And I trusted him. And so what I'm talking about is much more than the weight that we get. It's being able to walk with integrity, dignity, and to be able to say, yes, I will take the help. When I couldn't have done this 10 years ago, never would I have done this. I just didn't do that, you know. Um, I'm able to make a dinner and have people help me with it and bring food in. When the old me didn't have to do it all. And I don't have an ego. Thank you, God, because I know that that would kill me. But my job is to do God's will. And I've learned with my, for my friend Lee to pray before dinner. Pray before I eat. And then thank you, God. And I, I'm... In the morning, I pray, I read my books, I read my, I work with a lot of people. I work really with a lot of people. And it's not me that can make someone abstinent, because I can't. I don't have that power. If I had that power, boy, I'd be all over the world, but I don't have the power to make someone abstinent, to make my age different, to stop the wars, to, to make peace in the world. All I can do is carry the peace that I have in me and the serenity that this program gave me to carry it to other people. And that is a gift. It is the most precious gift I've ever had. In 50 years the, before I got in here, I was almost 51 when I got in here, I hated my life. I never wanted to live. Each day I'd say, God, please let me die. I didn't want to live. I had nothing to live for. That's how I thought. That's why I, I was not happy. And today I can be happy, joyous, and free in the middle of calamity and chaos. I don't know how, I mean, tell me how that happens. We all know it's about a higher power who I choose to call God. I never knew this could happen to someone like me who couldn't stop eating. And my pockets were filled with pills and food. And that's how I walked around. This giant woman in a 28 and a half dress. You know, I think 54 broad. When I lost all the weight, my my breasts got smaller. My, they looked like parachutes to me, my bras, you know. And <laughs> well, I should have saved one. And um, <laughs> and the best gift I have is friends. What a miracle, Murray. You are everyone in this room. Helen, I don't want and Lee, Roy, all of you who've been in my life, a part of my recovery, and Kathy, and you, and a newcomer who gets in this program and starts to write and journal and does the steps in six months. 
What a miracle you are. What a miracle we are today. I'm going to conclude with, don't leave here before the miracle, because if it could happen to someone like me, this cheat liar, compulsive liar, kleptomaniac, see what else, everything that you could think of, I did. One of those dresses is a dress I stole, the pink one. Okay? <laughs> before OA. Of course, that's why I look like that there. Okay, that's it. I want to share. share. Thank you for asking me. I'll open it up for questions. <laughs> so, questions? Anybody? Go ahead. Women first. <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't have a higher power because I higher power wouldn't listen to me. He didn't make my dad well. And then I had to take care of my mom. So, no, I didn't believe in a higher power because how could he do all these things to me? How could he make me fat? My higher power was food. Did I answer your question? Mm-hmm. In the, for a long time, I didn't, but then all of a sudden the miracles started happening. I didn't want food, and I knew that I had to be something better than myself because I didn't. Ha- I could walk in a bakery, in a deli, or anywhere, and not want to eat everything inside. That was what God did. Okay. What character changes? Is that what you're doing? Change in me? Is that what you said? Okay. Um, honesty, the big one. Honesty, um, being true to myself, and be helping other people without doing it because I wanted something back. That was a big one for me, because it was a big one in the beginning. I just bought everybody presents all the time. I wanted everyone to like me, and I bought. I had cards in my purse, chips in my purse, <laughs> and um, and everybody. I knew everybody's thirty day, ninety day. Everybody got a present from me, cause I, cause I wanted everyone to love me. So that changed a lot. And also, a light, a light came in me. I have this. I feel like I have this inner light. It could be my pacemaker I got five years ago. <laughs> no, but I don't think so. It's really a God light. I can feel it. Yes? A question about prayer and meditation. How do prayers go from you? Like how do my prayers go? Elaborate on it? Okay. I wake up in the morning. Oh, this is my new one since my husband got sick is the first prayer I go up, thank you, God, I'm alive. I do that every day for 15 years. And then I go, help me to be tolerant, kind, loving, and nice to him today and not look at his food and not react. This is, my, this is the truth. And, um, and then I read my books and I talk to God and I do meditation where I just, I, I do visualization. I can't be still. My head doesn't be still. That kind. But if I visualize the ocean and visualize the light of God, I'm really okay. I'm, that's when I get it. And I do all day long, I thank God. I do all these mantras. Bless you, God. Thank you, God. Or help me, God, I can't do this alone. I do that in the morning sometimes. Especially if I wake up, you know, down, feeling down. Is that answer? (sighs) 
Okay, that's a good question. How did I how did I um, surrender the control when I got into anorexia? <clears throat> I faced my uncle who uh, who had abused me for three years, and um, I guess I couldn't eat because of it. One, it was one of the biggest underlying issues. <clears throat> so I went to see him where everything took place in his lingerie shop, and I and I had a tape recorder with me, and I had two people from program and my husband and my two sisters. And once I faced him and went through this whole thing in my family, I started to be able to eat. And I also went to a holistic nutritionist to learn how to eat because I had robbed my whole body of all the nutrients. I, I was really a mess. I, I st- I got, in fact, I got chronic fatigue syndrome. I was really sick from not eating the proper foods. I don't want to ever go through that again either because my life was hell with the eat, with overeating. But also, I don't want to ever get to that point again where I was so sick from anorexia. Yes, Helen, what'd you want? Oh. Yeah. A thumbnail sketch? It's just that three meals a day, and I can have a snack if I want. I do usually have something. And and I can have, you know what, it changes. Sometimes I leave out bread, and sometimes I have bread. Or sometimes I leave out something else. I don't have recreational sugar. I don't have candy bars, ice cream, and cookies. I don't look on labels. I don't weigh a measure. I've already been that way. I, I, I just want to have an absence of guilt-free today. I don't want to be afraid of food anymore. But I don't eat, of course, I don't eat, you know, a banquet. <laughs> Who else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. When my disease comes back, and, or if I'm eating too much, I, I've made up this thing years ago. I... I Here's how it goes, okay? Just this is the way I do it, okay? It says fat, fat Roslyn. That's my, you know, my name. It says I'm going to have you back. You're not going to fit in your car. Throw out your clothes. Throw out your shoes. You're going to be breaking things again. You won't be able to go to OA. And I write that letter, and boy, and I not the same way every time, but I write something similar. And then I have God write my disease letter, which says I'm all powerful. I love my Rossi. This will not happen. Leave her alone. And I do that kind of, I do a lot of journaling. And I don't do it every, it's either every day or all day, or I don't do it for days. It depends where I'm at. But when I feel like nauseous and and something's going on, I have to journal. And I've been crying a lot. I've been grieving, which it's a a normal thing to grieve for the past, for what I thought was going to happen, for where I'm at now at my age. So I've been grieving a lot. That's really important because I don't have to eat. I just cry. And I cry a lot. Hmm. I don't know. Yes, Helen. When you get into your 37,000 what do you think that you learned most of all from that? Not to rest on my laurels. Not to rest on my laurels, not to make fun of the meetings that were there, because there were how meetings, and it wasn't that how was bad, it was the people 
There were these old people, like 80, and they were like, not talk to me. And I cried because I was new there. No one talked to me. And I, cry, I mean, and except like four people that I'm still friends with that, you know. But um, I, I, I got mad and I got resentful that I was there, that I made this mistake, that I lost everything. I got mad at my husband and I got mad at myself. And resentment caused me to eat. One day, it was like, oh, I'm cured. So the resentment, the anger, I turned it inward. And then I also, I also wasn't able to accept where I was. And that was a big thing for me to accept. It was a mistake. I'm not a mistake. Things happen. Today, I wouldn't move back here and have what I have and give up what I have there. It sounds weird, baby, but I wouldn't give up where I'm at now, what I have, my friends there and everything, for the house that I have with the swimming pool and, and all of it. I wouldn't. I, I've never, ever known love like this. I have never known anything like this in my entire life. So I would be nice if I had some security, but, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's okay as long as God gives me the strength to keep working. And that's what I was afraid of. I couldn't do that when I fell the other day. I was so, I got scared that I wouldn't be able to work, that I wouldn't be able to babysit or anything. And it got taken care of. God took care of it. It answered. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sick of going to meetings. Yeah. Sick of getting 25 phone calls a day telling me about their husband and children and all the stuff except what's going on with the food. Yeah. Now, people that don't work the steps calling me and crying and they haven't worked the steps. I get sick of it, but you know what? I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> That's very good, Helen. I, I'll never get sick enough not to go. Sometimes I just get tired sometimes, <laughs> but I go there because I want to be of service. So maybe I could be of service that night if I don't feel good of what's going on, you know. And when I got when my husband got really sick, he's been sick almost a year. I, I I've been in a really, I got into a very bad depression, and I went for outside help for it. I, I couldn't stop crying, screaming, and panic attacks and stuff. I didn't go to the food. I went to a professional person to get me help when I would have always gone to the food before. But I'll never be sick and tired of OA. I'm sick and tired of the eating. I don't want to go from where I am now, which is heaven, to the hell I was in before. That was death. Yes, Mark. Uh, could you share how you worked at 429 the inventory on TV? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. Oh, I'm sticking to this. Step four, I did at the end of my second year. And it was like, I couldn't do it according to the big book. I just couldn't. And so at that time, my therapist said to me, why don't you just do a, a biography? And it was huge. My God. Uh, but, and I was able to just give away all the, the horrible, yucky secrets that I thought that anybody wouldn't be friends with me. All of it. I was, and I also let my first sponsor go because she, and she's now a very good friend of mine because she was too good. And I didn't want to tell her how bad I was. That was it. So I got a second sponsor until, now of course she knows everything, but, and I did that. So that was, and then I, I asked God all the time to remove my character defects. You know what? A lot of times just my humanness comes out and I, I get, you know, I, I react to stuff, you know, but I don't, call people names on the road. I don't give anyone the finger anymore. I don't do any of that stuff. I was a rageaholic on my father. I didn't realize that, how, how insane I was about everything. And, and so, and then I do a 10 step. I could do that from the big book now. You know, Helen taught me that. I learned from everybody else. 
And, um, and so I could do that, steps four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So if I do a daily amends, if I do something wrong, and I do, I don't go to bed mad, I'll say I'm sorry most of the time to my husband. <laughs> I make that phone call. Yes, Roy. Oh, yeah. Losing friendships in the program? They were all in my life for a reason. Every person. I'm telling you, I've had, <laughs> I've had a lot of weird stuff that went on with different people here. And she knows, especially my second sponsor, who's no longer around. But I, I got through that. And you know what? God puts people in my life for a reason. And they're all, I learn from them. Each, each person's a learning experience for me. I get to learn... Well, how to talk better, what to know, how to stay away from this kind of person again, <laughs> oh, um, who to go to. Today I can trust my, most of the time I still get problems with people. You know, I'll think someone's okay and they're not. But I got away from that fear. I'm not going to lose my good friends because I have to be honest. If they're honest with me, I'm honest with them. Did that answer it? No, 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 no. I don't get any desire to give them my watch or something. Unless I want to. I only have one watch now. I did get a new one for my birthday, but I lost it already. Uh, I also discovered I have ADD in this program. Oh, yes, Sandy. How do you not get angry when someone's absolutely wrong? Do I want to be happy or do I want to tell them to, you know, F off? I don't talk. I, I, I just walk away now. I'm learning to walk away. I, I Actually, I've had my own family's things happen. And I'll write a letter. I write a letter. And, you know, I write a letter. And, and I read the letter. And I tear the letter up. And I'm okay. I don't mail the letters. I don't push the send button. Oof. You know, and um, that's how I'm able to do it. Because I, there's a lot of stuff in my own family that's, that's hard for me to deal with. And um, I know she's laughing. She knows who. Um, not my husband, but other members of my family. And, God, it's like, it's amazing to me how I could walk away when I really want to tell that person off. I do. I really want to tell them what I think of them. But I don't. Because I don't want to be him. That's how I do it. As soon as I'm a mad, mad someone or someone, I think to myself, do I want to be that person? Because I learned this. No, I don't want to be the person. I want to be who I am. That lets me off from, from being that angry. I let the person have their anger. I go, okay, God, he's spiritually not fit. I'm learning this more and more. I've learned a lot this last year, this last two years, since Lee moved down there. Yeah. Uh, I have learned a lot because I listened. I never listened before. I didn't listen. Helen taught me a lot. She, when I got in trouble with food, she taught me I'm mentally and bodily different than myself. So I say that all the time if I want to eat something. In Chapter 3, I'm mentally and bodily different from my fellows. I think this addiction is the worst. That's my opinion. Because we're dealing with food all the time. We go out to eat in fellowship. We go out after. We go out before. But I'm with people that are safe, and we're not in a look at anybody's food. Everybody gets to eat what they want to eat. You know? Does that answer it? I don't want to be right. Let the person have it. If, if, if you don't, if you think you're right, 
go read the big book and where it says justifiable anger. Because I was angry. I was. I thought I was right when we moved here. I quickly put on that weight. Well, I know that the answer comes through connecting with God. Mm-hmm. If I get angry, Well, I felt when I got depressed, I couldn't connect real well like that. I just kept believing he's there. I guess I call it blind faith for me. I knew God's there. I knew once I got out of depression that he would take care of me. But I got so low that I couldn't. I just cried all the time. But everybody knew what was going on. And again, I didn't have to be alone, which is a miracle. They only said, oh, you're depressed. I don't want to be with you. You know, like my family did. They, they go, people went, Roz, I'm here. I'll pick you up. I'll do this. I never, I, I can't even believe this miracle. It's like, I don't, I know God's here for me because I wouldn't be here keeping off this weight. How could this happen? I'm 66 years old right now. And how could this happen? How could it happen to someone like me who never could stop eating? who got sick from overeating constantly. I had chews by my bed, by the box. They used to have chews then, you know. You know the chews you take for heartburn? I, we bought them. We used to buy them at Fedco, like two dozen packages. They were by my bed with all the medicines I used to take. Uh-uh. And it's not worth it to be angry. I, I, I really know that. So I have to work through it and go to the light instead of the darkness. And the anger is darkness. And the light is God. The spirit is God. This is an awesome meeting. It, yes. I didn't weigh a measure, even when I got anorexic. I just hardly ate, to tell you the truth. I hardly ate. I'd eat a bowl of soup. I, I couldn't eat. I think because I was holding all those feelings in about... I, I, had, I was working very hard in therapy, and I, had, I was holding all those feelings in about my past. Also, I was nauseous for my liver. I had really bad liver disease. I have chronic liver disease, and um, but I don't have the bad one. I had the one where you're supposed to rest, and I never rest. So um, I don't want to rest till I'm too old to rest. I want to enjoy my life. Would a newcomer like to ask a question? I'd be glad to answer anything. I ate more. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I, I I was so embarrassed, especially when Lane Brandt when Lane Brandt when I, I got to a size twenty eight and a half and they didn't carry anything bigger. I went to downtown LA in the Lane Brandt basement and wore house dresses. I was so embarrassed. That's how I dealt with it. But when I got here, one three months before I got into this program, I went to see my son get his birthday candle in one year at the Lions Club, Log Cabin, on a Sunday night. I saw in that room something I never experienced. I saw love, love, love. And everybody tried to trust at me. But I knew I'd be there sooner or later. I, that's what kept me going. I remember that night, like all, for the rest of my life, I saw unconditional love. People touching each other's backs, touching each hugging, everything. I never knew that existed. I never knew that existed. 
I never even have to ask someone when I sit next to someone, everybody rests my back, I rub people's back. I never knew that existed. And I wanted that. More than the weight, I wanted the serenity and the peace that my son had at that time. He got me here. He did. I wish he was here now. I wish he was here now. If I had one wish, it would be to have Richard in this room in recovery today because he's really sick right now. Okay, time. So thank you again for letting me share. If you want to, if you, if you want to ask me any questions, anybody after, I'll be glad to answer them.